Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's poem is from Longfellow's The Mask of Pandora. A mask, spelled Q-U-E, is a form of courtly entertainment developed during the Renaissance in which masked performers acted out a story, usually from the classical tradition, for the king. Music, dancing, elaborate sets, and rich costumes were considered more important than the actual words spoken by the performers. Poets and dramatists who wrote for the form eventually brought the words to at least an equal footing until the courtly mask tradition died away. Both musical composers and poets continued to be interested in the form, the former giving priority to the music and the latter to the verse. Longfellow's The Mask of Pandora is an example of the latter. It's written, though, to make possible the other elements of the mask and was presented on stage not long after it was published, complete with music, with the lines sung. The Mask of Pandora, as its title announces, presents the story of Pandora. Pandora remains familiar today as the woman who opens a forbidden box and thus releases human troubles into the world. It's a story pretty clearly thought up by men and bears resemblance to the story of Adam and Eve, in which Eve is the cause of human woe, succumbing to the snake, eating the forbidden fruit, and then persuading Adam to follow suit. As is the case with Eve, in the earliest versions of the Pandora story, Pandora is not just a woman, but the first woman, sent by Zeus, though not to keep man company, but to punish men, who were doing just fine without her. Longfellow presents a more sympathetic, as well as stronger, Pandora. He also presents Pandora's husband, the titan Epimetheus, brother of Prometheus, in an admirable light. Unlike Adam unchivalrously trying to put all the blame on Eve for their mutual disobedience, Epimetheus tries to shift the responsibility from Pandora to himself, which she, with a fierce strength reminiscent of Antigone, rejects. The final word, though, belongs to neither Pandora nor Epimetheus, but to the Eumenides, the Furies who punish human transgressions. Longfellow's tenderness here must compete with Greek tragic pathos. Let's listen to the final scene. I'll read both parts. Pandora, while her husband is away, has opened the box and let loose the storm within. Now Epimetheus returns home. The Mask of Pandora by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Section 8 In the Garden Epimetheus enters and speaks. The storm is past, but it hath left behind it ruin and desolation. All the walks are strewn with shattered boughs. The birds are silent. The flowers downtrodden by the winds lie dead. The swollen rivulet sobs with secret pain. The melancholy reeds whisper together as if some dreadful deed has been committed they dare not name, and all the air is heavy with unspoken sorrow. Premonitions, foreshadowings of some terrible disaster oppress my heart. Ye gods, avert the omen.
Pandora comes from the house. O Epimetheus, I no longer dare to lift mine eyes to thine, nor hear thy voice being no longer worthy of thy love. Epimetheus asks, What hast thou done? Pandora answers, Forgive me not, but kill me. What hast thou done? I pray for death, not pardon. What hast thou done? I dare not speak of it. Thy pallor and thy silence terrify me. I have brought wrath and ruin on thy house. My heart hath braved the oracle that guarded the fatal secret from us, and my hand lifted the lid of the mysterious chest. Then all is lost, Epimetheus exclaims. I am indeed undone. Pandora repeats, I pray for punishment and not for pardon. Epimetheus, though, Mine is the fault, not thine. On me shall fall the vengeance of the gods, for I betrayed their secret when, in evil hour, I said it was a secret, when, in evil hour, I left thee here alone to this temptation. Why did I leave thee? Why didst thou return? Eternal absence would have been to me the greatest punishment. To be left alone and face to face with my own crime had been just retribution. Upon me, ye gods, let all your vengeance fall. But Epimetheus urges, On thee and me, I do not love thee less for what is done and cannot be undone. Thy very weakness hath brought thee nearer to me, and henceforth my love will have a sense of pity in it, making it less a worship than before. Pandora rejects this. Pity me not. Pity is degradation. Love me and kill me. Beautiful Pandora, thou art a goddess still. No, I am a woman, and the insurgent demon in my nature that made me brave the oracle revolts at pity and compassion. Let me die. What else remains for me? Epimetheus answers, Youth, hope, and love, to build a new life on a ruined life, to make the future fairer than the past, and make the past appear a troubled dream. Even now, in passing through the garden walks upon the ground, I saw a fallen nest ruined and full of rain, and over me beheld the uncomplaining birds already busy in building a new habitation. Pandora exclaims, auspicious omen, and Epimetheus continues, May the Eumenides put out their torches and behold us not, and fling away their whips and scorpions and touch us not. But Pandora does not relent. Me let them punish, only through punishment of our evil deeds, only through suffering are we reconciled to the immortal gods and to ourselves. The chorus of the Eumenides now speaks and closes the mask. Never shall souls like these escape the Eumenides, the daughters dark of Asheron and night. Unquenched our torches glare, our scourges in the air send forth prophetic sounds before they smite. Never by lapse of time the soul defaced by crime into itself returns again. For every guilty deed holds in itself the seed of retribution and undying pain. 
never shall be the loss restored till Helios hath purified them with his heavenly fires. Then what was lost is won, and the new life begun, kindled with nobler passions and desires. So what are we to make of this? Is Longfellow, in giving the last word to the Furies, being unusually judgmental, unusually harsh? Or is he being honest, as a poet must be? The vision of Epimetheus of the birds rebuilding their nest after the storm is attractive, which even Pandora acknowledges, but she rejects it nevertheless, as do the Eumenides. I'm disappointed. I wish the mask had ended on this hopeful note. Has Pandora already internalized the guilt masculine society will place on her? More to the point, has Longfellow? Or must we acknowledge that human beings are different than birds, that human beings by our different nature are ruled by the tragic vision of the Greeks? Before answering, it's perhaps important to note that the humanities both do and do not grant Pandora's wish for punishment. She will be punished, but so too will be Epimetheus. But there is still more. Let's listen to the scene again, both for its pathos and for its challenging conclusion. The Mask of Pandora by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Section 8 in the garden. Epimetheus enters. The storm is past, but it hath left behind it ruin and desolation. All the walks are strewn with shattered boughs. The birds are silent. The flowers, downtrodden by the winds, lie dead. The swollen rivulet sobs with secret pain. The melancholy reeds whisper together, as if some dreadful deed has been committed they dare not name, and all the air is heavy with unspoken sorrow. Premonitions, foreshadowings of some terrible disaster oppress my heart. Ye gods, avert the omen. Pandora enters. O Epimetheus, I no longer dare to lift mine eyes to thine, nor hear thy voice being no longer worthy of thy love. What hast thou done? Forgive me not, but kill me. What hast thou done? I pray for death, not pardon. What hast thou done? I dare not speak of it. Thy power and thy silence terrify me. I have brought wrath and ruin on thy house. My heart hath braved the oracle that guarded the fatal secret from us, and my hand lifted the lid of the mysterious chest. Then all is lost. I am indeed undone. I pray for punishment and not for pardon. Mine is the fault, not thine. On me shall fall the vengeance of the gods, for I betrayed their secret when, in evil hour, I said it was a secret when, in evil hour, I left thee here alone to this temptation. Why did I leave thee? Why didst thou return? Eternal absence would have been to me the greatest punishment. To be left alone and face to face with my own crime had been just retribution. Upon me, ye gods, let all your vengeance fall. On thee and me, 
I do not love thee less for what is done and cannot be undone. Thy very weakness hath brought thee nearer to me, and henceforth my love will have a sense of pity in it, making it less a worship than before. Pity me not. Pity is degradation. Love me and kill me. Beautiful Pandora, thou art a goddess still. No, I am a woman, and the insurgent demon in my nature that made me brave the oracle revolts at pity and compassion. Let me die. What else remains for me? Youth, hope, and love, to build a new life on a ruined life, to make the future fairer than the past, and make the past appear a troubled dream. Even now, in passing through the garden walks, upon the ground I saw a fallen nest, ruined and full of rain, and over me beheld the uncomplaining birds already busy in building a new habitation. Auspicious omen! May the Eumenides put out their torches and behold us not, and fling away their whips and scorpions, and touch us not. Me let them punish, only through punishment of our evil deeds, only through suffering are we reconciled to the immortal gods and to ourselves. The chorus of the Eumenides speaks. Never shall souls like these escape the Eumenides, the daughters dark of Asheron and night. Unquenched our torches glare, our scourges in the air send forth prophetic sounds before they smite. Never by lapse of time the soul defaced by crime into itself returns again, for every guilty deed holds in itself the seed of retribution and undying pain. Never shall be the loss restored till Helios hath purified them with his heavenly fires. Then what was lost is won, and the new life begun, kindled with nobler passions and desires. The Eumenides will punish Pandora, but not alone, and though they first suggest that the two will suffer undying pain, in the final stanza the hopeful word, till, appears. They will suffer until something, but then it is Epimetheus's vision that will come to pass after suffering, yes, but more importantly, after growth. Let's listen to the final stanza one more time. Never shall be the loss restored till Helios, the sun, hath purified them with his heavenly fires. Then what was lost is won, and the new life begun, kindled with nobler passions and desires. I hope you enjoyed this reading from The Mask of Pandora and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the Fireside.